Hello and welcome to the House Divided Podcast, where we'll be recapping our games we picked last week and previewing that national championship. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the House Divided Podcast. I am always your host, Joe. Hey, guys, and also you can find me on Twitter now. That's at Joe underscore divided. And always joining me is my lovely bride. Hello, I'm Bethany, and you can find me on Twitter at Beth underscore divided. And Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to everyone, and what a great New Year it was. We had some awesome, awesome college football going on. I think we really picked a good slate of games to break down last week. And, man, I enjoyed watching every one of these games. Yeah, it was a great break. Um, and it's been – it's always getting into the groove, getting the kids back to school, getting them back in their schedule. Oh, rough w- work was rough this week. <laughs> but tell it was you. kind of uh, self – inflicted wounds that I had there because that last week of work before Christmas break, I was like, meh, that's next year's problem. (laughs) And here we are next year, and here are my problems. That's a 2023 problem. It was, and I found it in 2023. Yeah, we had a great holiday break. We visited family. We went to Tennessee. We cheered in the new year with my folks, um, with my dad, and it was a great time. That's where we got to watch all the games. I don't think Joe left the recliner at my father's house. New Year's Eve day, I was on the recliner from noon, well, 1 p.m. there because they're in central time. 1 p.m. on, we watched the Alabama game and then both playoff games. Ring in the new year with the ball dropping down in Atlanta. It, you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ball dropped wide left in Atlanta, and that was the ringing in of the new year. Yep. And then, because we were on Central Time, we and my folks live near in Middle Tennessee, near Nashville. We watched the music note drop. That's right. We watched Miley Cyrus's Rockin' New Year. Dolly was on there. It was a good time. And then we had a little... Uh, champagne. Yeah. We had, had a little glass of champagne to bring in the new year with a little Sprite for the kiddos. Yeah. Gray didn't make it, but no, Easton did. It, it, it happens. It's, it's a hard time to stay up to midnight. I mean, he's staying up basically to 1 a.m. our time, and that's just not that's not his gig. <laughs> Gray's a 6.30 in the morning, not a 1 in the morning type person. Exactly. So, yeah, it was a great time overall. Yeah. I want to wish each and every one of y'all a happy new year, and thanks for tuning in with us again. You know, before we get started, babe, we tried to record Monday night. And uh, we got about 20 minutes into that podcast, and then we had to stop. Yeah, I got a notification on my iPad about DeMar Hamlin, and then it just seemed like the world just kind of stopped for us. And we ran to the TV. We were getting ready to put the kids to bed, and we just tuned into the coverage, and our hearts just broke right there. And so we are so glad we're recording this on Friday night, January 6th, and he's doing better. He's responsive. He's neurologically intact. And so we're just so thankful that he's doing better because our hearts were just broken. Yeah. As a parent, that's something you never want to see as a, you know, as an, any athlete down on the ground, but from a a parent standpoint, I I couldn't imagine if that's my kid on the ground and it's just heartbreaking because you think of sports and injuries are a part of sports. But you don't ever expect to see someone getting CPR on the field and fighting for their life in the middle of a football game. 
there's been a little controversy on whether or not the NFL handled it right, didn't handle it right. I think all in all, they did a pretty good job. I will give a shout-out to the crew that we were watching. I think they did a phenomenal job of paying respect. Uh, I remember one of the commentators, I believe it was Booger McFarland, mm-hmm. he was like, I'm not talking another minute of football until we can get a status update on this young man. And shout-out to him for, for doing so. Yes. That's what matters in those moments. Shout-out to both organizations, the Bills and the Bengals, class acts through the whole thing. Uh, scary situation for all involved. And, and clearly football took a backseat as it should, but very happy he's doing well today. No longer on a breathing tube, talking on his own, breathing on his own, up and moving around. What a phenomenal recovery. And I don't remember the guy's name, but he's getting a lot of credit for it. It's the uh, the Bills trainer. They mm-hmm. said his actions 100% saved that dude's life and, yes. and kept him from having any neurological issues because he was so quick to identify what was going on. And just the, the staff there of just – I, I can't imagine, but they just stepped into action. We were just praying for Demar and just so thankful that that he's going to recover. That's what it looks like. So he's. I think, I think this is the outcome most of us hoped for, but uh, weren't sure that we were going to get. So on mm-hmm. that front, we're all very very grateful for a lot of answered prayers. Yes. So we just wanted to talk about that because it's just something that's been weighing heavy on our hearts this week. All right. Well, you say we get back to that college football yeah. game. You ready to break down these games we yeah, picked off last sure. week? Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's take a look at them. Well, the football picks that we had, they kicked off with a bang. That first game we had up was Arkansas and Kansas. This game went to triple overtime. What was this? The Liberty Bowl. That's yes. right. Yeah, and they got liberated a little bit in there. Yeah, for sure. What what of a game it was, you know, I was actually editing the first version of the podcast, and you were dealing with... Pukegate. Yeah, Pukegate had hit our house. The sickness had been around all all December, and uh, that was a rough night for you and the little. Yeah, so I got to catch the first quarter of this game, and then um, I was cleaning up Puke, uh, second and third quarter. Came back in the fourth and was a little surprised, because in the first quarter... Arkansas was just running all over Kansas. Um, Kansas was throwing the ball through two interceptions, and it looked like, you know, in the beginning, in the first quarter, yeah, exactly. And Arkansas was up 24-7. It looked like they were just going to run all over them. Kansas didn't have any defense. And so I really thought it was going to be a blowout. It did look that way for a long, long time. And, and I had the game up on my tablet here next to the computer as I was editing in the audio. I really wasn't paying much attention to it. I mean, Arkansas was up one point, I think, by 25 points in this game. And they were firmly in control. Uh, and then I look back over, and this game is tight. And Kansas has got a chance to tie this thing up if they go down the field and score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And it just, just seems out of out of the mind for me there's like this can't be possible i mean you had a 25 point lead how does that happen exactly and then easton comes to me and he's like did you see the overtime in the game the last play they put the ball in the hands of a, a backup quarterback backup quarterback I don't, I don't remember his name yeah and so he's like i can't believe it so i don't know why you're gonna put the ball in the hands of you know not your quarterback but um, Jason he was Bean, surprised. He's, he's the backup. He's the backup. His stats for the game: zero and one, with a QBR of point two. <laughs> so the only play that he had any involvement in happened to be the biggest play of the, the year. The biggest play of the year, yeah. For Kansas. And, I don't know if that's the guy you want in that. And situation. you have to go for that two point conversion. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, they were forced at that point. At yeah. that point, yeah. 
And so I don't know if that was the smartest play, but I do have to give Kansas credit for having grit in this game. And coming back, I don't know what happened to Arkansas. And I don't know what happened to defense in this game. Fun game to watch, though, and everything yeah. that went down. There was a controversial targeting call in this mm-hmm. game. There was a player ejected, uh, and he would have had a suspension for next season as well. But since this game has ended, the NCAA rules of committee or officials of committee, whoever they are, they came out with a statement and said that should not have been targeting. It allowed that game to go on, and luckily the right ha- outcome happened. But Thank yeah. goodness that kid won't have to miss the first half of next year's. Oh, yeah, that and that's huge that he doesn't have to miss. You know, I don't know what I feel about that rule, about them having to miss the first half of the next game. Um, but I'm glad that this didn't affect the outcome at all. I think they need to get the suspension out. I, I, I feel like the rules have done what you want them to do. And we don't see those big head hunting hits anymore. Mm-hmm. See players leaning with the shoulder. And yes, helmet to helmet does still happen, but you do not see guys just trying to take somebody's yeah. head off anymore. Leave the 15 yarder in place. Get rid of this suspension. Don't alter or, or change the path of a season because incidental contact was made. It, it, you, you can never really know intent on these. And sometimes it's the offensive player that's dropping his head that puts him in striking zone mm-hmm. of that defender. And sometimes it's the defender that takes a bad angle. Uh, you know, it's a guessing game. I th- the NFL doesn't do any suspension with it, and, and they've eradicated those hits for the most part as well. I'm I'm fine with the penalty. I think we got to get rid of this suspension because of the long-ranging yeah. effects it has. Agreed. Agreed. And I had no idea that if you move schools that it goes with you. Oh, that that's against you <laughs> anywhere you're at in college football in any game yeah. you're playing. Yeah. It's like a speeding ticket or <laughs> Well, if you get speeding tickets in certain states, states they, won't they don't do it. I but might, yeah. I might have a bench warrant in California. Who knows? <laughs> Stop. Um so yeah, and then um Jalen Daniels had the night he had a Liberty Bowl record of five hundred and forty four passing yards. He was the MVP of that game. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, anything else on Arkansas, Kansas? Uh, let's see. It was see. exciting at yeah, the end. It was, it was really hey, exciting, fun game. It was a great kickoff more to the football week. Yeah, sure. more exciting than I thought it was going to be at the beginning. And I think that'll wrap it up on the uh, the Jayhawks and the Razorbacks. Let's move on to where we were at in order here. Let's take a look at Texas Tech Old Miss. Yeah, this was later on that night. And this is what I'm going to call the you got to know when to hold them game. Do you know why? Because every gambler knows the secret <laughs> to surviving. Is that what it is? Yes. Because the amount of fourth downs that Lane Kiffin went for in this game. He did go for quite a few. Yeah, he was one for five in the uh, first half. And then he was two for seven overall. And then Texas Tech was five for six, I believe. That's pretty good. I knew they were they were rolling the dice on it a little bit too, but they were having a lot more success. I remember early in this game, Old Miss had went for it on fourth down and failed, but they were deep in Texas Tech territory. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech got the ball, drove it to I think the three. Mm-hmm. They went for it on fourth down and got stopped. Seven zero game at that point in time. Still could have went either way, and that's when Old Miss went on this secession of. Going for it on fourth down and not converting. So at some point, I mean, Lane Kiffin, you got to stop going for it. Put them cards away, son. Just go I ahead. Know. Hold them, Just hold them down. Fold it's all them. Right. I mean, play Texas, fold them, and go on with your night. Um, but yeah, and then they scored more in the second half, but just couldn't. Couldn't get it done. Well, the defense was better in the second half, too, but also Texas Tech playing with a lead. This one was 26 to 7 at the half. 
And then Te- Old Miss was able to outscore Texas Tech 18-16 to 16 in the second half, but uh, the damage was done in the first half. It-, it shows me that they could play defense with Texas Tech. Maybe things are different if Texas Tech doesn't have such a big lead, but we'll never know. We didn't get the chance to see that play out. Tyler Slow, he was he was pretty good in this game. Not only did he throw for a bunch of yards, he also had 111 yards on the ground, which uh, he just kept running against that man defense on mm-hmm. Ole Miss. They had no answer for him there. Nope. And then also he had uh, food sickness the night before and just – came back and had grit and recovered. And I think you said that if that game would have been a noon game, like he probably wouldn't be able, no, been I, able to I'd, play. I'd read it somewhere that day. They said, had that game been kicking at noon, there's no way he's, he was hurled over in the bed and not moving. And vomiting. Yeah. yeah. He had able, the same thing graded. Right. It was puke gate all over again. <laughs> puke gate for him too. But uh, yeah, they said there's no way he would have been able to play. They, the, he, he finally was able to keep some food down and then they got him some fluids. And by the time it was kickoff, he was good to go. Um, the other cool thing about this game is at the beginning, the Red Raiders used their first offensive play and paid tribute to Mike Leach, lined up in his famous air raid formation. Uh, Lane Kiffin declined the penalty, and then they ran their first play. So it was a really cool tribute to Mike Leach. Very cool. Love to see it. You know, when I think about Mike Leach, the first team that comes mm-hmm. to mind for me is Texas Tech. That's where he kind of cut his teeth and, and was able to do great things with that air raid offense with uh, him at the helm. You know, I know he'd spent time at Oklahoma as an offensive coordinator, but I feel like Texas Tech was his first big opportunity yeah. where he made that name for himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so very cool on their behalf, especially Ole Miss, you know, being a rival of Mississippi State, that they were able to see through that and let the Texas Tech honor him and, and do the right thing by declining the penalty. So Agreed. very cool on, on both sides. Again, great win here for the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders. Happy to see it. You know, this game went completely opposite. The way I'd predicted, I said, if it's going to be a blowout, it's only going to be a blowout in one way. I think you were the only one to pick this game. I was. I was the only one to pick Texas Tech. We'll we'll go back over our picks and where we stand. Uh, Again, luckily, I didn't pick anything that was uh, going to cause me to do a TikTok dance. Oh, stop. But we'll cover them up, and I will say there's a three-way tie for the lead. The national championship's going to way out who's going to win this thing. So we'll, we'll go over those before we preview the national championship game. But for now, let's move on to one of those. Tasty snack bowls, babe. You know which one I'm talking oh, about. Oh, the Cheez Its. Oh, the Cheez Its. Oh, the cheesiest of all bowls. Because I'm feeling the cheesiest, coach. Yes. This is going to be the Oklahoma Florida State game. And we were actually traveling to Tennessee during this game. We finally made it on the road. We finally made it on the road after Pewgate. Everything was good. I think we, uh, right at kickoff, is when we hit the road on this. And we, we listened to it the whole way. It, it brought us all the way almost to your dad's. Yeah. Yeah. And so we listened to this on the radio on the Oklahoma station. I think it was the Sooner Sports Radio or yeah, Sooner, Sooner Sports, Sports Network. Network or something like something that. Something like that. Those dudes were awesome, though. They were hilarious. I laughed out loud to them the entire time because they just made remarks about the ball being spotted. They were like, well, of course it's going to be spotted. Two more yards there. (laughs) Clearly that's where he was down at. It was so funny. And then the injuries, yeah, a player would get hurt and they would say, oh, he's going to miraculously recover, I I assume. So look at him. He's back in the game just so like a miracle happened on the (laughs) sidelines. But it seemed in the beginning that it was going Oklahoma's way. Um, even the guys on the radio were saying you didn't know what Oklahoma team was going to show up, and now you do. Well, you know, uh, Oklahoma was a 
10 point underdog in this, I believe. 10, 10 yeah. and a half. Biggest spread we had other than the LSU game. Uh, and so a lot of people counted Oklahoma out. You know, we talked about, well, will they be able to do anything in this game? Because Florida State's been a good squad all year. Oklahoma showed up. Yeah. They, they showed yeah. up for sure. They did. I agree. And so this was a fun game to listen to. And actually, we were in the fourth quarter, we were stopped at a rest area and everybody had to go to the bathroom, but we stayed in the car and listened to the very that final possession, the, the final possession of the game, and then everybody ran to the bathroom. Yeah, so, we had to know how it was going to work out. I mean, this game was fun because it saw a ton of offense, total of uh, a total of a thousand yards, right at eleven hundred yards yeah. for for the total on the day for for both squads together, and also saw four lead changes going down the stretch. There, Jordan Travis he ended up with four hundred eighteen yards and two touchdowns. Um, to really kind of propel this Florida State team. Florida State didn't wake up till the second half. They were in a hole going into halftime. It was 11-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, Didn't let it get too far out of control, and they came out and opened with that first drive of the second half to make this game interesting down the, down the stretch. They're in the fourth quarter. Uh, Oklahoma scored 15, Florida State scored 17, and, and Florida State was able to sweep out that three-point win. Exactly. It was an exciting game. Florida State pulled out the win. The cheesiest of cheesiest bowls definitely lived up to his name. I didn't know exactly what we were missing when they were talking about branding. Yes. There was a player that had to get carted off in this game as well. And I remember the uh, the Sooner Network, they're talking about, uh, oh, uh, the cheeses has missed a big branding opportunity here. I'm surprised the, the giant cheese is not driving the, the injury cart or out the, onto the field. Or the injury cart yeah. isn't shaped like a giant cheese. A giant cheese. They surely missed a, a grand opportunity here for yes. the marketing. Yes. But, you know, at least we got a chance to watch the the Citrus Bowl, which we'll, we'll cover in a bit. And we got to see just how over-the-top Cheez-Its branding was. Yes. And it made a lot more sense Since. that they might have missed a branding opportunity. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Well, I was happy to see that Oklahoma showed up. I, I think yeah. I think it shows a lot of progress for the future. It also shows that they're playing for Brent Venables and playing for him hard. still think they are more depleted than what we thought they were. They lost a lot of players when Lincoln Riley decided to leave there. So they got a little bit of rebuilding to do, and I think depth showed in this game down the stretch. Uh, Florida State, on the other hand, great to see them back to a 10-win season. Great to see that. Good for college football when they're good. Uh, gives that pair to the ACC. Great to see Florida State hit another 10-win season. I'm happy for them and look forward to them being another stud in that ACC conference next year. Hopefully they can do great things there. And then also on the Oklahoma front, good to see the offense rolling for them. I think they need some mm-hmm. some players on defense, and I think Brent Venables will get that right. Yep, agreed. Okay. Well, let's move on here to one of the hometown teams. This was a fun one to pick and also had a bet on the line. Of course I'm talking about I don't know what you're talking about. South Carolina Gamecocks and the mighty fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And if you you do remember from the first episode, somebody owes us a TikTok dance. We're doing the Shane Beeper Viper dance. I don't know what you're talking about. As we recap that old Gator Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of bet and stake on the line here. I was the only one to pick the uh, the Fighting Irish in this one, and boy, what a good pick it was. If you want to see the, the the house divided wife over here doing her TikTok dance, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Once again, that's Joe underscore divided and Beth underscore divided on Twitter. Um, we'll be posting up a video of her getting her groove on now that everyone's back well. This was a fun game, babe. It really was. It was the high scoring Gator Bowl in history. 
um, with 11 touchdowns. Um, unfortunately, seven of them were by Notre Dame. Now, um, wait a minute. I'm not the best but, at math, but yes. seven touchdowns is more than 45 points. Yes. Well, he threw two interceptions. Oh, two yes. pick sixes in two there. Two pick sixes that, that. That makes more sense. Okay. Yes. So, in the beginning of this game, I thought that my pick was going to be right. Oh, it looked Especially good. in the first quarter. It looked really it good. It was in the 21 first to 7. We were at my dad's house. I was like, you know, like, I'm going to pull this one out. Bamer ball. I'm going to win it. And then it kind of went downhill from the second quarter. Yeah, Notre Dame fought back in the second on. quarter. It really, they were still kind of struggling in the second quarter, Notre Dame was. But they'd found some answers on defense. Uh, and South Carolina stalled on a few drives and punted the ball away. Notre Dame still was not clicking on offense. This game hung in the balance there for a bit. Both had a chance going there down late in the second quarter. I don't remember anything too significant happening there at the end of half. I know Notre Dame pulled within seven at the half. Uh-huh. So they got the ball to begin the third quarter, but wasn't able to do anything with it. They punted away. South Carolina punts away, and then Notre Dame is able to strike to make this an interesting game. Late in the third, headed to the fourth, uh, and that's where this game lies. You know, I think we talked about Spencer Rattler in this game and all the players that uh, South Carolina was missing. They were missing Marshawn Lloyd, their star running back, uh, tight end Jaheim Bell. He is now at Florida State. Uh, tight end Austin Stogner was out. Defensive lineman Zach Pickens, safety Devonnie Reed. Their biggest cornerback, Cam Smith, and also Darius Rush. Darius Rush wasn't playing. They were also missing two big receivers in Josh Van and Jalen Brooks. None of that seemed to matter early. I put my faith in the Notre Dame defense, and man, I'm glad I did because that, that tended to be what, what was the difference in the game. Now, Notre Dame had to go score, and they were able to find a way to do so, but uh, the, their defense was able to sniff out what South Carolina was attempting to do and really kind of shut them down going down the stretch there. Yeah, Shane Beamer looked really kind of disheveled in the second quarter. He was yelling at the officials a lot. Yeah, a lot. And I, I don't know if they got a penalty for that. They also got a penalty for two players wearing the same jersey number. Yeah, on a special teams play, on too. On a special teams yeah. play. South Carolina just, in the second half, just seemed to be a little disheveled. Yeah, I just heard today that their highest recruited player of all time, uh, Jordan Birch, He's in the portal. Oh. Uh, and it's the talk on the radio because he's a hometown kid. Oh, but wow. Why can he be leaving? Why is he leaving? Lots of speculation about tampering and money and that he's after money. And Oregon might be a landing spot for him. I guess there was a, a coach at Georgia that recruited him hard that's now coaching at Oregon, and he's got some ties there. But uh, it was real shocking to South Carolina fans. They were up in arms about it today as we were listening to the radio. It made some pretty good radio. Yeah. Well, so it doesn't take a lot to get South oh, Carolina no. fans up in arms. Well, this morning on the way to work, they had to cut a guy off because of his language. And they're like, come on, there's wow. kids listening in on the way to school. Like, we can't be talking that way. But uh, it opens up Pandora's box for a later discussion that we can have in the offseason about transfers and what it's doing to college football to be a good discussion to have. But I was shocked at that. They're losing a lot in the portal. As of right now, they own five of the top, like, 25 athletes in the portal or coming off the South Carolina roster. Which is crazy because 
just on the news today is that Shane Beamer is getting a huge raise. He got bumped. He got bumped to like six million a year today. Six point three million, yeah. I think. Two year extension, and they bumped him up starting immediately. He's got passion. Oh, he's very passionate. Um, he's going to have to replace an offensive coordinator. We don't know who that's going to be yet. But uh, some things that are interesting for the Gamecocks to overcome into the offseason. Anyway, back to this game itself. Spencer Rattler, he had a good first half. The second half, not so much. Uh, he did have Xavier Leggett in the game, and they were hooking up early, but just didn't really seem to have any targets in the second half. He was uh, very animated in the first half towards Notre Dame players, and that kind of came back to bite him some mm-hmm. from, from the defensive guys. I remember one play in particular, a Notre Dame dude hovered over him a little long mm-hmm. and was jawing him up because one of us said something. I was like, no, he deserves every bit of what he's getting right now. Yeah. Because he, he gave plenty in that first half. You know, it was um, – I thought they had it in the beginning. Um, it was a good game to watch. Unfortunately, I'll have to pay up on my bet. I thought the they would come through. You're going to be dancing. Yeah, you know, good thing I'm a good dancer. That's right. Um, yeah, when I picked it, I, I, I didn't – I wasn't confident. I, I didn't put any money on this pick. Let's just say that. Yeah, for and, sure. Nor would I. Uh just I felt uh, of all the things that I knew about these two teams, the most consistent thing I'd seen was the Notre Dame defense, and that's what I went with. For sure. I just thought they had enough momentum coming off those top ten wins that they would pull it out. Agreed. I nothing wrong with the pick. Yeah. That'll, that'll wrap up uh, South Carolina-Notre Dame. It's time to move on to uh, my team and the one half mm-hmm. of the House Divided Podcasts. Of course, we're talking about those Tennessee Volunteers. How about the orangest orange bowl we've ever seen? What a game it was. And babe, did you hear that? Something went flying by. That's a pass from Joe Bell. <laughs> The squirrel white to Ramel Keaton. You know they call him Rocket Joe because when it comes off his hand, this is all you hear. That's all you hear. He was very very efficient in this game, actually. He was. He had a great game. Um, And I think it it was in our pregame how we looked at it. It, This was going to come down to Joe Milton. He played uh, extremely well. And he had played extremely well in relief of Hinton Hooker all year. Um, it was real curious what we were going to see at wide receiver, and they really they lined up exactly like I thought we would. For Tennessee coming out, we had Brew McCoy to the left, uh, Ramel Keaton out wide, and then Squirrel White in the slot. And Squirrel is one of the fastest men I've ever seen alive. So God bless Jalen Hyatt for all he's given to the University of Tennessee, and I wish him the best in his professional career. But uh, Squirrel White looks great playing that slot position. They found him open a couple of different times in this game. And then the one backbreaker, Ramel Keaton actually posted it out uh, on Twitter this week, he said, humble brag, he put a double move on a wide out, and that's what got him so wide mm-hmm. on that one where he could just uh, march in. Yeah, Dabo Sweeney looked really frustrated during this game. Yeah, for the orangest Orange Bowl ever, it was a victory for the Big Orange, is the what I like orange. to say. Yeah, he looked really, really frustrated. Well, you know, Clemson had their chances in this game. They they marched it into Tennessee territory a ton. I think they had nine trips into Tennessee mm-hmm. territory. At one point it was – Seven trips in, all that had at least reached the 30, and they came away with three points. I know. They had 484 yards or something. Oh, they outgained us, uh, I think, by a little over 100 yards. And still lost by 17. So they just couldn't 
couldn't get it done when they needed to. Got to credit that Tennessee defense, a defense that was playing without uh, some some key starters. Um, Danico Slaughter played a real good game. Kamal Hatton, I don't know what he's doing out there out wide, but uh, he seems to just be wanting to fight everybody. He got us another personal foul penalty. But I think Kamal Hatton's going to be a good player for us. Danico, I thought, played a real good game. Mm-hmm. Aaron Beasley had a huge game. Uh, I don't remember the exact stat line on him. I know he had two sacks, a couple tackles for losses. I think he ended up right at around to- 10 total tackles. Played like a man on fire in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jawan Mitchell did not play the first quarter-ish. Uh, came in sometime in the second quarter. He had started most of the year. I heard some speculation this week there could have been some internal discipline going on. I don't know if it was a quarter. I don't know what it was. But uh, Aaron Beasley and his uh, relief there played like a man on fire. So that was great to see. Byron Young got in for a big sack. Good to see him in there. Yep. Uh, and it and honestly, it was it's been a bend don't break defense all year. Sometimes the break wasn't in there. The don't break policy they would be a completely. Broken defense like we saw against South Carolina. But uh, in this game, match the MO of what the defense has been all year. Yeah. I mean, offense has really been your strong suit all year. I mean, you Well, know. Josh Apple's the type of coach. He is going to hang that defense out to dry. He don't uh-huh. care if we get that ball and go score. And they'd been out there for a seven-minute drive and got the stop. He'll go out there and run two plays and put them mm-hmm. right back on the field. He don't care. I'm going to go score points. Yeah. His MO is I'm going to outscore you. So it's great to see, and I, I like Tim Banks as our defensive coordinator. I think he called a heck of a game against Clemson. They were able to move the ball pretty well between the 30s. I uh, felt like we were we were definitely playing don't get beat over the top, uh-huh. and not it didn't happen all night long. We didn't yeah. get beat over the top once. Their so. red zone offense definitely didn't. They did not do well. No, and then then in the first fourth quarter, I think the defense really started to ratchet up the pressure. Man, Cade Klubnick. To his effort, he was playing a great game. They were hitting that guy. Oh, yeah. He took one shot on a rollout to the right side that I don't think he'll forget uh, anytime soon in his college career. That that hit, without a doubt, stuck in his mind the rest of the night and may attribute, be attributed to those couple picks he threw late that he he knew he didn't want to take that hit again. So I already mentioned the key players in this one. Of course, it was uh, Joe Milton getting it done. He was the MVP of this game. And he had some great moments in this game and threw some beautiful deep balls. The Rockets were flying off of his arm. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Love to see the efficiency. He was 19 of 28, right at uh, 67%. Uh, and he had only 251 yards, but three touchdowns. The biggest number, a big goose egg in the turnover column. Did not turn the football over, which we love to see from our quarterback. Uh, that's a Josh Heupel staple. we got to have consistency. Can't be turning the ball over. Our volunteers, they finished 11-2 and two for the first time since 2001. Baby, it feels so good to be an 11-man yeah. team. I said, good old Rocky Top. Woo! It feels good. It feels good. You know, uh, of note here, they, they capped off a win against uh, Clemson, but Tennessee beat uh, Alabama, LSU, and Clemson in, in this season. Those programs have combined to win six of the last seven national championships. So, great year for Tennessee all around. I have to admit, I really didn't pay attention much to this game. Uh, we had family over at Dad's house, and it was crazy. And I was too busy socializing and talk to, talking to everybody that, yeah, I really just, it was on and I was catching stuff, but I I really didn't watch much. So thanks for the recap. No, it was a great game. Uh, We had plenty of people around the TV. I I get it. Spend the time with the family. You don't get a lot. So uh, the the Vols fans were in And y'all were going crazy. Oh, of course we were. It was a wonderful night. (laughs) 
I know many like myself, we weren't confident in a Tennessee win. I knew Tennessee had the capability to go win this game. You just didn't know with all the sit-outs and what, what it was going to be, how things were going to shake out. Mm-hmm. Unlike some games this year where, you know, you felt like Tennessee's probably the favorite. They were not favored in this game. And and Clemson's a heck of a program and a program I have a lot of respect for. So I, I think this is a really good win for the program. Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway is every time I looked, Dabo Sweeney just looked – yeah, I mean, he looked, he had sweat rolling down. His hair was disheveled. He looked so, so frustrated. Well, did you know prior to this game, it was when Tennessee was looking like they were going to be in the playoff uh, and they needed to beat South Carolina uh-huh. and Vanderbilt and they were going to be sitting there on championship weekend. Dabo made a comment about Tennessee football. Did he? He did. He says, well, you know, they beat South Carolina, they beat Vanderbilt. They're flipping burgers on championship weekend, just saying, are we in, are we out? Are we going to be three, are we going to be four? Based on that flipping burgers comment, a Tennessee fan this week went on Omaha Steaks and ordered a, a burger set and sent it to Dabo Sweeney at the Clemson facility. They got the delivered. It shows a picture of it being delivered. I doubt Dabo got it personally. Yeah. But still a pretty good troll by a Tennessee fan out yeah. there. Uh, about Dabo tried to walk those comments back once he found out they were playing. He oh said, yeah, he's like, well, I was talking about it could be any team, you know. It's a, it's a rough year, but they were definitely aimed at Tennessee about flipping burgers. So yeah. a little fun back and forth. I, I I like I said, I have a lot of respect for the Clemson program, so no ill will there. I found that kind of comical. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Hey, I will take some burgers right? from Omaha State like, like any bucks, day. Like Hundred ten dollars. Yeah, I'm like that. That sounds delicious. Throw. Send me some yeah. Omaha burgers. I mean, any day. Yeah. Any day of the week, I'll take them twice on Sunday. The future's bright for my Vols. I'm looking forward to, to next season. Um, great recruiting class coming in. Need to finish strong here in the transfer portal. I think Vols fans, we got a lot to look forward to. The coaching staff, everybody around the program says this is just the beginning. I hope those things are true. We've been here before. I hold my heart. I hold my expectations. This year was completely a shock, and I couldn't be more proud of my volunteers on an 11-win season. Well, Vols fans, it's that's the wrap on the season. Now it's time to move on to one of those teams we beat this year. This was LSU another. LSU did too. Another, yeah, they did. Another New Year's Eve game. Great, great slate of New Year's Eve games this year. With uh, New Year's Eve falling on Saturday, they didn't want to bump up against the NFL, so we got all these games a little early. This was the uh, Alabama K State game, baby. This one should be pretty quick. This uh, was part of your recliner New Year's Eve. This was almost nap time uh, after about an hour. <laughs> When you were going to the old Academy Sports, it was time to catch some Z's. Yeah. So this was Alabama, Kansas State. And at first, Alabama fell behind 10-0. And we thought, does Alabama have the motivation? But They've, they've been in these games before and showed yeah. that maybe the motivation factor is not there. But very quickly, they showed us. They got motivated. Bryce Young they got was motivated. motivated. Yeah. <laughs> and we were right. Um, I think in the... First episode, I said that I thought that Kansas State was in over their heads. For sure. Even though I love K-State and Lawrence, Kansas. But Alabama just kind of gave them a whooping. Yeah, they were in over their head, and it, it showed pretty quickly. Now, they, they played well in that first quarter. I mean, I got to give them a big old bless your heart. That's right. I'll give them one as well. Good yeah. job, Alabama, on an 11-win season. I know that's a letdown for your program and your people. <laughs> But uh, you did well in this game. You I've, did good. I've already seen you're claiming this is a, a national championship for you guys. If TCU beats Georgia, 
you're claiming a national championship, and that is just the most Alabama thing I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, uh, claiming championships goes it's deep in the Alabama roots. Uh-huh. If there's a way that they can they can sh- sort it out, Alabama's going to claim a championship. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I, I know they've got a lot that are conferred. They all got a lot more that are claimed. Yes. They say, yeah, we won that one. No, back before everybody kept history books around. Well, we won a few we of those. We won it. We definitely won those. For sure. But yeah. we were right on this one. This game didn't uh, have much. Had a lot of yards for both teams. Uh, Kansas State had a total of 401 yards. And Will Howard had a mediocre day. 18-35 to 35 passing through two picks. Uh, Wildcats did run the ball pretty well. 191 uh, yards on the, on the ground. Deuce Vaughn's their lead back, and he's a heck of a back. He did have an 88-yard touchdown scamper. So that was a bright spot for the uh, Kansas State faithful there. Bryce Young, he was a total of 321 yards through the air, and he had five total touchdowns. Uh, Alabama finished with 496 total yards, and uh, that's about all we got on this. It wasn't much to to break down on here. Not much. All right, babe, let's transition over to those playoff games. Actually, we need to do LSU first. No, you're right. We will We will go to LSU first. So the other half of the house divided. Let's break it down for her. All right, so now we're going to talk about the LSU game. And I watched this one. It was January 2nd, right before uh, the boys went back to school. Actually, your boys were in school. You were they at were. work. No, I was, I was here. but You I was were working. here. You missed a little bit of the game. But this was a really fun one to watch if you didn't For get to For an LSU it. fan, it was. <laughs> For an LSU. Thank goodness we didn't find a, a Purdue, Purdue fan. fan. <laughs> I still don't think they exist. I didn't see any at the game. You didn't see any at the game. But this was a really fun one to watch. I mean, for an LSU fan, of course. We had four quarterbacks play. We had Nussmeyer, Daniels, um, and Neighbors even threw uh, two passes. He was 100% as well. Uh, two for two. That's right. And he was the player of the game. And Howard even played. Um, and this was just a really fun one to watch. LSU obviously dominated. They had 14 points in the first quarter, 21 in the second, 14 in the third, 14 in the fourth. Um, Purdue did not score until the fourth quarter. And what stands out to me is that we had a trick play. There was a pass from neighbors to Jane Daniels. That was really fun to watch. Actually in the fourth quarter, there was a 99 yard interception interception. Um, that was taken back for a touchdown. And they, and they like uh, buried that player once he got back to the end zone. I don't know if he's a, a scout team player or what, but uh, the whole team was excited about that yeah. play he made. And they were just they were so excited for him. And we just had seemed to have everything going on offense and defense. And Purdue just couldn't seem to to convert. You know, they just seemed to do three and outs. They couldn't seem to get their offense going. Yeah, it was a great game for an LSU fan. Uh, you you saw everything you wanted to see. You saw a lot of motivation and a lot of heart and a lot of play still for LSU. It's hard to want to continue to play, especially when you lose in, in the uh, conference championship game there. So you just want to see them fired up. I think Brian Kelly did a good job. And like I said in, in the preview of this game, all signs point to things going really well in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, they're picking up nothing but steam. You're going to pick up some more players coming into this year. Uh, lots, of, lots of talent coming to that team. And I think that's probably Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go here. Is 
He wanted to come compete with the big boys with the biggest talent he could. Notre Dame's a great school, but it's got some talent restrictions. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's always going to have to. So it's a credit to them that they stay so consistent at what they do. But uh, great win by LSU. Complete domination. Yep. Uh, this thing wasn't worth watching from halftime on, unless you were an LSU fan. Yeah, total yards for LSU. They had 589 total yards. Purdue had 263. Um, Purdue, fourth down efficiency, three for seven. Mm, that's not very efficient. No. They might have talked to Lane Kiffin. I don't know. They're not quite on that level. They're not the gambler <laughs> yet. They can't be deemed the gambler yet. We had some penalties. Um, they threw some interceptions, and they actually had the time of possession was pretty much equal, but they just couldn't couldn't get it done. Uh, LSU was scoring at will, Re- mm-hmm. really. When it comes down to it, they were. Yeah, for sure. And the best part was in Brian Kelly got the cheese it instead of the Gatorade. He got the cheese it's poured on top of him, and then he reached down on the ground and ate. The Cheez-Its. I thought it was very reminiscent of Les Miles, of Les Miles taking a blade grass. of grass. But I think it the Cheez-Its Cheez are definitely going to taste better than the grass. I agree. Like, yes. I mean, not as much fiber. Sorry, this, this dietitian brain in me. But, you know, <laughs> and he actually, like, that just showed, that was just a different Brian Kelly to me. He, he looked loose in the game. And, he and did. I think they knew. I think they knew going in that they'd had... Some good practices leading up to it, and they were confident in what the outcome was going to be. For sure. And so the other thing is that the the guys were having fun um, at the game. They jumped on that cheese's bed and broke it. There was a coach yelling at them, get out of here, get off I that know. Bed. They were having fun they with had Prince fun. cheese or queen cheese or – that's you Sir know, Cheddar to you. Sir Cheddar, whatever. But Brian Kelly actually said something to the effect that the guys are just having fun. Um, I have the exact quote here. Let me see. He said, and if that has, I'm I'm paraphrasing, if that, you know, bothers a couple of old guys, like, they can pretty much get over it. That's paraphrasing what he said. Right. So he was just like, hey, the guys were celebrating. They were having fun. Now, there is some controversy in Baton Rouge right now about why uh, Boutte left, and this is a family-friendly show, so I won't get into that. But right now, it's just rumors. And so I don't know exactly what's going on that, but Brian Kelly said that, you know, everybody's upheld to standards, and there's nothing right now nobody in his program that has not upheld those standards. Yeah. I've seen a few questions this week and he was, he was asked about, you know, our coaches held to a certain standard and he basically fired back with like, that's a, that's a silly question. He's like, we hold our athletes to a high standard. Everyone on his staff is held to an even higher standard and we're yep. all there to uphold it. So there's absolutely nothing going on internal. And I said, yep. if there is, you can bet that it will be handled appropriately as soon as we know about anything. Yeah. But so those are questions going on right now. Um, my take on it is that rumors are rumors. Plenty of those abound. I mean, come on. That is yeah. what college football's about. That's why we got beat riders on all these schools. And a school big enough like LSU is always going to be rumors. So, yeah, um, that's that. But the guys on the cheese it bed, um, Brian Kelly was just like, hey, they're having fun. Oh, they so, were feeling cheesy. They were feeling cheesy. So I'm feeling a lighter side to Brian Kelly right now. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see him having a little fun. Yeah. But the game was great um, for us, obviously. They showed domination. They they were really uh, lifting up their teammate. And so um, I was happy to see that. 
Very cool. Great win by them. Happy to see it. Happy for you to uh, start off yeah. the new year with a win. Great season for your time. And they covered. Oh, yeah. They co- covered and then oh. some. They covered by like three times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, baby. What do you say we move on to those college football playoff yes. games? All right, up first, it was that uh, TCU-Michigan matchup, and what a matchup it was. This one went about opposite of what I thought it was going to. TCU jumped out to an early lead. Uh, They took down the Wolverines here. 55-41 was the final. Much to the dismay of many people around this nation, I think uh, Michigan was favored, and many people had them picked to win this thing, myself included. I thought we were headed to another uh, Michigan uh, or a Michigan-Georgia matchup. Not another because they haven't met before, but I thought that's what we were headed for. But uh, the Horn Frogs came out the gate firing. Max Duggan mm-hmm. was great in this game. Uh, a fun game to watch. It did go down to the end. And once again, another controversial um, targeting call in this game. Yeah. That one was not upheld in this game. Uh, there was no targeting. They reviewed it, took the targeting off, and I think, and I think that was the right call. But uh, this was the highest scoring Fiesta Bowl ever. Second highest scoring college football playoff game ever. Just behind Georgia's 54-48 Rose Bowl victory over Oklahoma, and that was a heck of a game as well as Baker Mayfield in that game. I was watching something on TV earlier today that talked about that game and how it went. So fun to think about that. Uh, What a game this was with uh, 246 remaining in the third corner. Uh, There was an interception pick six that made this game 34-16, but Michigan found a way to fight back and get this thing within seven. Uh, but as soon as they did, yep. TCU found a way. They hit their big wide receiver out there and just uh, opened it right back up. It was Duggan to Quentin Johnston, 76 yards for the uh, for the Horn Frogs to go back up by 10. Duggan threw for 225 in this. He did have two interceptions. Johnston, their big receiver, he had uh, six catches, 163 yards, um, and great game for him all around. They also had another receiver, Amari DeMarco, he uh, was in for the injured Kendra, Kendra Miller, and he ran for 150 yards. All in all, against that uh, third-ranked defense in the nation, pretty good day for the Horn Frogs. They had so much passion in this game, and the khakis let me down. They were happy khakis. They let me they, down. They did talk about them in the pregame headed they up. They did. About his khakis, where he might pick them up at, and how many, many dads around the world, myself included, <laughs> Aspire to have the khakis, to have the khakis. by Carbon. They let me down. I mean, that's the only reason I picked Michigan. But I might have to change my pick in the national championship game. Today. I've already changed mine. I already changed mine. We'll talk about that in a minute. They they played with such passion. Again, I missed some of this game because I was with the boys. Um, but the, what I did catch, I mean, they were just they were just on fire. I wasn't a fan of the uniforms. Um, I like them. I wasn't a fan, but they were they were on fire in this game. Yeah, they were good. The only thing they they couldn't do was put Michigan away. Um, yeah, down the stretch, and you got to give Michigan credit there. Uh, TCU couldn't ice this game, and this was still a game close. Michigan had a shot from its own twenty five with fifty two seconds left, but uh, the Horn Frogs finally got that final stop and were able to, were able to take the knee and win this thing. Fun game. Happy to see TCU in. Love to see a new team in the uh, college football playoff final. New blood's a good thing. And I feel so bad because I doubted them all year long. Oh, I had to. You're, you're not alone. And I was 
And I was one of those naysayers that were like, should they be ranked where they are? And TCU's just been going, they hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. All year long. All year long. And all year long, I'm like, who do they play? They don't play anybody. No, the Big 12's been pretty good this year. Yeah. Much, and much. I, I put the Big 12 down a lot. I, they had pretty I good do. conferences this I year. I do put them down a lot. Yeah. And they kind of proved me wrong. So great year for them. I take it. Good year for them to get back in the college football yeah. playoff. But Once. now I'm rooting for them. Oh, I'm rooting hardcore yeah. for them horn frogs. So, I mean, you said you've never seen a horn frog beat a wolverine. Well, now you have. We have. I said now a wolverine beats a bullfrog or a horn. That frog. horn frog jumped on that wolverine's back. And just beat the hell out of him. Apparently, he was too horny for the Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Too many horns on that frog. Yeah, for that Wolverine. That's right. Couldn't resist. Well, we can go ahead and talk about who's going to be the opponent for them TCU yeah. horn frogs. And I'll take the lead on this All because right. I was actually enthralled in this game with Easton, and he's not here tonight. He's at Dad's, so we're missing his picks and his input. But Georgia, man, um, this game was so exciting. And um, it started the first quarter tied 7-7. And then Ohio State went up and Georgia was behind. I really feel that Georgia's quarterback, Stetson Bennett, just couldn't get in rhythm in this game. I feel that he was frustrated, that he might have been in his head. I don't know if you feel the same way. He had a rough first half. Yeah, And I feel that he just couldn't get in rhythm. He was just not himself. Yeah, no, he had a rough first half. I'll tell you this. I've given Stetson Bennett a lot of flack this year and last year. I've just never seen him be that guy to go out to make the pass to win it. Unless that receiver was 15 yards past the defender because Georgia has uh-huh. excellent talent. Then he could make that pass. In this game, in the fourth quarter, he had a drive to go win the game. And the guy did it. And he, he stepped up in the fourth quarter. He's got the clutch gene. He threw one pass over the middle into triple coverage to Brock Bowers that was just one of the best passes I've ever seen. You know, it yeah. was it was that that level of pass. So I got to give him credit because oh, I yeah, give him totally. a lot of flack. And quarter like one through three, it's like he was sweating. I feel like he was jittery. And then like quarter four when he had to pull it out, he was like, okay, I got to do this. Right. Well, I think I think a lot of that too is uh, the Ohio State offense had the defense on their heels, uh-huh. and you know you play complimentary football at, at, at Georgia. You know the defense sets you up, and then the offense takes advantage. Well, defense wasn't there, and then the offense is struggling. That's why we're seeing this game go, uh, going the way it did. Now I got to give credit to Ohio State. I counted them out of this game completely. C.J. Stroud played a heck of a game. He did. He played well enough to win this game. Him yeah. and that entire offense did. They played well enough to win this game and had a chance to win it there at the end. Questionable play calling on that second down play on the run. To, they were throwing the ball at will on Georgia there, even coming down the stretch. Mm-hmm. They decided to ice it down a little bit and left that kick a little long for that kicker. Can't put it all on his foot. And Georgia's defense stepped up. I think it was more play calling than it was their defense. Uh-huh. They, didn't, they didn't ever really get the stop that they needed. They got one stop yeah. that they needed. But on the last drive, I think it was kind of gifted to them a little bit. Uh-huh. They did what they needed to do, though. I yeah. will say that. They did what they needed to do, and they were bringing pressure. They were, they were yeah. coming, and they were going to make sure that they, they held them out as far as they could. So in, in that sense, yes, they did step up. So this was really exciting to watch. And then when it struck midnight, Georgia hit Eastern time, it was. Eastern time. That kick took off in 2022, and it landed in, in 2023, 2023, 
which is a pretty spectacular thing to have happen. Um, broke the hearts of many Ohio State fans all across the globe. We got some friends that are Ohio State fans. And I feel for them. Got plenty of friends that are Georgia fans, too. And they, they rung in the new year in the best way possible mm-hmm. with a one-point win over the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I counted out Ohio State as well, and I feel bad. So I have to apologize. I feel bad because I said they depend – you know, they, they're not challenged and things like this, but they played really well against Georgia. And C.J. Stroud was on it, and I have to give him credit. For sure. Um, I, I was shocked at this game and how it played out. And uh, all I can do is give credit where it's due, and it's owed to Ohio State. It's also owed to Georgia. Owed to Stetson Bennett for, for clutching it at the uh-huh. end. So a lot of credit doing this game. Great college football game. I think these are the two best semifinal games we've seen mm-hmm. to date, hands down. Oh, for sure. Which shows us we're headed in the right direction for college football. But we'll just roll right into that uh, national championship outlook. Georgia versus TCU. Biggest spread we've ever seen in a college football Yeah, it's 13 final. and a half. Yeah, nuts. Georgia. I think it's much. I, I, I think if, it's a lot. If I were a betting man, I'm putting some money on TCU to cover that spread. That's a lot of points to get. But you got to know when to hold them. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair one. I've seen that, uh, I don't know if you watched during the World Series, as a mattress owner, Mattress Mac, they call him. Uh-huh. He'd put like $2 million on Houston to win it all, and so he cashed out. He's put like $1.5 million on TCU to win it. Really? Yeah, yeah, so there's big money on TCU, at least from Mattress Mac, they call him. Mattress Mac. Yeah, he's an old man. He's in 70s or 80s, He's but he's he was a – a big star on the TikToks and the social media nice. over the, the World Series. Because he, he placed that bet like preseason. So the odds were a lot greater than oh, at the wow. beginning of of the uh, of the World Series. I'd go with him. Put some money on TCU. Right. Because that spread is big. But I always say like Vegas has to know something. Oh, they always do. They seem to have a, an end to what's going on with these games. But Georgia was also favored by three and a half. Maybe I maybe even six points against Ohio State. I don't remember exactly, and we saw how that worked out. So yeah. take the spread for what it is. Vegas is wrong; they're just not wrong a lot. Yep. So who do you got in this game? Well, I've gone back and forth. You know, originally when we did our picks, I, I had Georgia and Michigan going into this game, and I was going to take Georgia for the pick. But after watching TCU play and the way they've played, even in a losing effort in the Big Twelve Championship. I've seen them up close. I think they have some talent that's going to give Georgia some problems. I have changed my pick. I'm rolling Horn Frogs all the way in this one. I think convincingly they will cover. I don't know if they've got enough to win it, but, man, I can't wait to pull for them and, and hope that they can knock off the Bulldogs. You know, I'm pulling for TCU, but I don't know if I'm going to change my pick. I'm undecided. Is that horrible? No, it's not horrible I'm at gonna, all. It's a it's I'm a move gonna, I've done before. I'm like, I don't even care about my pick'em league right now. I want this upset because I want upsets. I want TCU to win, but for because I think that me and you are tied at the moment. What's well, a good thing to bring up? Let's let's check out those picks. Okay, let's check it out. Because if me and you are tied. I don't want to end in a tie. I would Correct. rather me pick Georgia. Well, there is a, a tiebreaker in there. It's the final score. It's the of final the, score, yep. which you all know I'm not good at. Well, it's tough to pick a final score. Yeah. Especially in seeing the highest scoring games that we've ever yeah. seen in some of these bowl games. It's really go, hard. Go 100, maybe you'll be right. Yeah. And, I mean, if it was like the price is right, $1. Right. Yeah, I could win. Be the closest without going over. With the closest without going over. 
but I don't know if TC. I mean, I know they have the passion TCU does. Oh, for sure. And I know, you know, that's half the battle. It's, it's a mind game too. It is. Do, do they think they're confident enough to win this game? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in Georgia winning it last year, they're still going to be hungry for it's another. It's hard. It's hard, hard to do to it do two it. Your, two years it's in hard. a row. I I wish we could look up like wins a lot. I mean, Alabama did it two years in a row. They've done it before. They've done it before. I don't know. Have they done it back to back? I think they have. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know Alabama's done two in three years. I'm pretty sure they had at least one back to back. Yeah. So it's really hard, though. It is. And it's tough. It's tough to stay that good. I mean, you got to give credit to that Georgia program for just being in the big dance once again. Agreed. And so that's where I'm really iffy on it. So here's where our bowl pick'em stands right now. You, me. Our guest picker, Jerry, are all tied with seven correct picks, two incorrect picks. Uh, my brother, another Vols fan, he is at six correct, three incorrect. And then uh, Easton's at five and four, and Sean Sherm, he's at five and four. Okay. So three-way tie between me, you, and Jerry, and the national championship is going to de- decide that. That was another deciding factor in me changing my pick. Both you and Jerry have Georgia selected. So I said, let's roll with them. I want to pull for them anyway. This could be a deciding factor because nobody likes ties. Just ask Ted Lasso. They're horrible. <laughs> They're horrible. Okay, so looking it up, Alabama won it back-to-back 2010-2011. Okay, so 10 years ago, 11 years and ago. And then looking back before that, Nebraska won back-to-back National championships in 1994 and 1995. Okay, 94, 95. Yeah, Nebraska was rolling then. Maybe they'll get yeah. back there. They got a they yeah. Got, they got I an mean, NFL head coach uh, okay. rules there. So, and then there's a couple years with two national championships, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Thanks for looking that up, dear. Yeah. So, um, you staying with Georgia? I don't know. No, oh, this is it. This is go time. Oh, I don't know. I, I'd like to change my mind. Do we not remember that? Well, this is on record. I you know. Got, you've but had I can an entire week to make up your mind, and the people want to know what the pick is. Oh, man. Um, I think I'm going to go with TCU. Rolling with the Horn Frogs. Yeah. But if I change my mind. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. But right now, I'm with TCU. Well, we're looking forward to the big game coming up on uh, Monday night. Unfortunately, we won't be together to yeah. watch it. You'll have to be on the road. I'll be at a meeting. Work, work is calling. But uh, I'll be here at the house and, and cranking up the, the TV as loud mm-hmm. as I can get it and ready to watch a national championship. I hate that it's on Monday night. I think they should play it on a Saturday. But Yeah. Every year I'm at a work yeah. meeting. Hate, <laughs> hate that it's on a Monday. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of The House Divided. We appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. Hanging out with us and listen to what our comments may be. And uh, who knows? We could be back with you very soon. We might talk a little hoops with them now. Yeah. Basketball season's getting in full throw. LSU's looking pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee's looking all right. We appreciate y'all here at the House Divided Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much.